you will agree, I'm sure, that many thousands of people lack the basic necessities, and many hundreds of thousands lack ordinary comforts. Are there no prisons? Plenty of prisons, sir. And the Union workhouses, are they still in operation? I, yes, they are. I only wish I could say they were not. I support those institutions I have mentioned, and I expect the poor to make use of them. Those who are badly off must go there. Many cannot go there, and many would rather die. They'd rather die. They'd better do it and decrease the surplus population. That's why they put them in jail and the kids that they go in shelters and the way they take care of them. It's, you know, they, they even said the kids, they say, wow, I will have my own bed. I will sleep on the bed. I will have a cabinet for my clothes. It's so sad to hear it, but they have, they didn't have that in, in their own countries. Right. They sleep on the floor, they are, you know, they it's are nothing. fat, they, they, are re they are taking care nicely there. But, you know, yeah, they are not with parents, it's sad. But, you know, you need to, you need to do something. I put the, I'm working like a ass, my ass, I, I know the Christmas stuff that, you know, who gives a f about Christmas stuff and decoration, but I need to do it, right? And then I do it and I say that I'm working on Christmas, uh, planning for the Christmas. And they said, oh, what about the children that they were separated? Give me a break. Bah, humbug. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin and Kat. How's it going, guys? Hi. Hello. The Christmas magic is alive. It sure is. Uh, mm. Dave is on uh, Christmas holiday this week. Mm -hmm. Kat, how was your vacation? Oh, it was so good. Um, I watched a lot of Great British Bake Off, uh, a lot of Disney movies. Nice. Uh, nothing that would ever stress me out as much as the movies <laughs> you guys watched. So very nice. It was like a cleanse. Do you you use it as like a cleanse? Yeah, it was like a nice, you know, like winter solstice cleanse. Took some baths. You know, had my crystals going. So I feel very relaxed, very rejuvenated for this. Ready to uh, get back at this it. Special week. Yes, absolutely. Good. Well. This week, it's the holidays. Um, it is the fourth quarter. It is the final stretch of the year of our Lord 2020. And Speak All Evil has finished all the heavy lifting we're going to do this year. For the next couple weeks, we're going to talk about holiday horror movies and try to have some fun. We have a, uh, a very special guest with us today, Maeve Yannis of the Cliché Killer blog. Hello, Maeve. How's it going? Hi. Glad you could join us. How are you? Good. I'm glad I could be here. Thank, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Cliché Killer blog. So the Cliché Killer blog is all about um, horror cliches. So when watching a movie, I'm that person who will point out every cliché or every like uh, like not realistic thing in a movie. And so it was just a matter of time before I started like writing about them and sharing them. Mm -hmm. And so the blog is I p usually pick a movie and write about the cliches in it. But my first ever article was about all of um, the most common cliches. And I'm going to be I'm actually going to be branching off into a podcast soon. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Doing That's your a own. Competition. <laughs> 
Well, I know you, I know you've been you said you listened to a, a couple of ours, so don't start uh, ripping us off. That's the only thing I ask. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> How did you get into uh, horror movies? Um, I grew up with a horror-loving dad, and I was that kid who would sit and watch movies like Coraline and Paranorman over and over again. And then my bedtime stories were actually like ghost stories. So. Oh, nice. Wow. Nice. Awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> Where can people find the uh, Cliché Killer blog? You can find it at www.theclichekiller.com or you can find it on Instagram at the Cliché Killer Productions. Um, so as I was just saying, we're talking about uh, holiday horror movies this week. Mostly Christmas, I guess. I don't know. I'm sure there's other holiday horror movies, but not that I'm really aware of. I don't know if you're a Christmas person, if you like Christmas at all. Yeah, I do. I'm a big fan. I'm a cat. What are you? You're, you're a Christmas gal, right? I really am. Yeah, just, me too. You know, I add a little spookiness in there, like a little spooky Christmas, which is why yeah. this is like right up my alley. That's my jam. <laughs> Kevin, you're you're a Christmas guy, right? Uh, I mean, not really. I no. think uh, I think more more for more for Nora. Um, I think more. I, I'm more Christmas inspired by like Clark Griswold, where I want to have the most <laughs> lights on the house. Uh, for like personal bragging rights, I myself I get incredibly depressed when Halloween comes and goes so fast every year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean I'm not like the Grinch or anything, but uh, it, my house looks like Christmas threw up on it inside and out, and I'm yes. totally fine with that. But I don't like walk around humming Christmas tunes and stuff. I, wow. you know, sad. Sad. Oh, Sad. I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> I'm just not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend I have all this extra Christmas cheer that, that doesn't exist inside of me. Yeah, I try to I try to bring it out with everyone in the household, and everyone in the household hates it, but I'm putting that tree up. <laughs> and I I brought out my uh, uh, my tablecloths today, my table runners, my festive table runners. Wow, so it's, it's nice. begun. Well, I was nice. like getting ready to watch, you know, some, some spooky Christmas movies, so I was like... I need a little bit of festive cheer in here before I can start this. So Nice. Well, one of the movies we watched was Better Watch Out from 2016. Maeve, I understand this is one of your favorite Christmas movies or Christmas horror movies anyway? It's my favorite Christmas movie, actually. Mm-hmm. Number one. Yes, number one. <laughs> wow. Woo! How did you, uh, when, when was the first time you saw Better Watch Out? Um, right at the, like in March, I was just trying to find movies to watch and I had just, just, just downloaded Tubi and this just seemed really interesting. So that's how I like, that's what, that was the first time I watched it. This movie is, is odd in that I'm really surprised it didn't get a wider release and then you can find it streaming like everywhere. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's on Prime I think that's where I watched it. I mean, if you look this up on JustWatch.com, it like came and went in terms of release, and then instantly was just like thrown to the streaming wolves. So uh, I don't think that there is any time of year that you couldn't find this to watch for free. Maeve, maybe you usually usually somebody um, tells us like what the movie is about. You know, gives us like a, a little synopsis. So this being your favorite Christmas movie. Maybe you would like to uh, tell us what this is about. Okay. Um, So Better Watch Out is about a girl who is about to go off to college, and she goes to babysit this kid she's been babysitting for a while. It's like she's known him since he's eight, I think. And um, 
I, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't know how much I should be saying. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's something that we talk about. And, you know, sometimes it's hard because like this movie, for example, there is kind of a twist in the middle. So what I try to do, I mean, nobody's going to fire us. So it's not the end of the world. <laughs> what I usually try to do is think about like, how can I talk about the, the things that I'm really actually trying to say without actually saying the specific thing that happens? Because I want someone who hasn't seen this to watch it on my recommendation to get interested in it. And I don't want to reveal to them the, like, the one thing that like, if I even allude to it, they're going to know. You know what I mean? Because we've all seen a million movies. And when you say like, oh, when the thing happens, then they know that there's a thing that happens. So um, you go right ahead and tell us what your version of what this movie is about. And don't worry too much about that. But maybe just keep it in mind if you can. Okay. So like when I think of Better Watch Out, like I think of like the kid Luke, like the boy Luke is just... He just wants his ba- like he wants to date his babysitter so bad that he like literally goes to like to do anything to do this, and he I don't even know how he gets his friend Garrett involved. Like his friend Garrett's just like okay, I'll do it. But <laughs> um, and they pull a bunch of different um, they have a plan and they pull a bunch of different. It's almost like a prank. Oh, it's like it begins as a prank to get this girl to um, well, it's like to sleep with. To sleep with him, right? Smooch him. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. And so, and he just goes to, like, the end of the earth to do this, and he thinks of, like, the most creative plan to do this, and then some things end up going wrong in some places, but, yeah, that's what, that's what I think of (laughs) when I think of the Mm -hmm. movie. What, what connects you to the movie? What, what is it that makes it your favorite? I just think, because when I am, when I am watching a movie, I'm looking for the cliches, I feel like this movie has some of, like, the obvious cliches, but then also go, goes against some of the horror tropes. So that's mm-hmm. why I really enjoy it. Do, do you want to run down through a couple uh, few cliches that you find in this? What, what would be the most cliche thing about this movie, do you think? Um, it, it, like, she, well, I noticed it because when they're watching the movie right at the beginning, she's yelling at the TV to not, for them not to go in the attic. And then mm-hmm. she proceeds to take Luke to go hide in the attic. And I find that just... <laughs> I yeah. Hiding yeah. in the attic is just That's so stupid. When, like, <laughs> you could just run out the front door. Um, yeah. Kat, had you seen this one before? I had never seen this one before. Wow. Um, and I... Uh, I was going into it thinking it was going to be a, a, home, you know, a home alone situation where I was going to watch some like nerdy kids beat up some uh, home invaders. I was uh, surprised mm. by uh, mm. the film, mm. if we're keeping it spoiler-free. Um, I was also very, I think I was just so stressed out this whole movie. I don't know the last time I was this stressed out watching a movie in general, to be honest, because I wasn't here last week, so that's probably why. Um, but that Luke... Ugh. He um he's probably my least favorite person I've ever seen ever on any film. I was just so annoyed by him. I was less scared by the situation and more angry that I was just watching everything unfold the way that he wanted it to for the most part. Uh, but I liked the way that it 
concluded. And that was nice. <laughs> Spoiler-free zone. Scene for mm-hmm. sure. Yes, absolutely. It, it, was a, it was a happy ending in your eyes. Absolutely. I was very angry up until that, and I was like, okay, <laughs> deal. Kevin, you knew this one, right? What's that? You, you knew this one. You had oh. seen this before, right? Oh, yeah. This is probably my third or fourth time watching this. This is a fun one to pull out. Wow. This time of year. I mean, it, it came out in 2016. This is directed by Chris Peckover. Not sure that he's ever done anything else. Um, but one of the things I love that we might have talked about this when we did the episode where Dave picked the visit. So Olivia de Jong plays Ashley, the babysitter that Maeve was talking about. Ed Oxenbold plays Garrett, who is the boy's friend. Uh, and they're the two kids from The Visit, both Australian actors. <clears throat> and then you have <gasps> Levi Miller Sorry. plays Luke. Um, but the one thing I'm the most thankful for, and I know that we're past Thanksgiving, but I'm so thankful that Ed Oxenbold doesn't rap in this movie. I think mm. we can all be thankful for that. Yeah, you and me both. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but talking about really great performances levi miller's performances luke is awesome it it this is going to be totally unrelated it reminded me of the woman that played dolores umbridge in the harry potter movies because when you talk about like perfect casting for a character that you are supposed to despise holy cow uh levi miller good job i didn't look up if he's been in anything else but yeah, I mean, this really is a movie with three characters and then traditional horror tropes. You know, they throw in, you know, a few few randos and you know what those randos are there for. They're not there to add to the plot. Um, I think, you know, I don't think this movie is terribly scary, but I think it's very creative. And I just, I, I liked it. I liked the pacing. You know, it, it fell a little flat on the comedy elements sometimes, um, like the movie didn't know if it wanted to be more suspenseful or more funny at one part. So it would just kind of, eh, we'll just ride the line. Um, and then it blows my mind that it opens up and the parents of the boy who's being babysat, Luke, are friggin' Patrick Warburton and Virginia Madsen. Yeah. I was like, wow, how'd they pull off this cast? How'd they get these people in the movie? Oh, it's because they're only in the movie for 60 seconds and they only had to pay him like a spaghetti dinner and like a hundred (laughs) bucks. That was the Um, biggest bummer to me is we didn't see more of them. Yeah, you didn't. I mean, I'm like, wait, I get a movie, a horror movie with the tick slash putty from Seinfeld and the mom is is from Candyman. Like, this is going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. I saw this for the first time last December. So it's been the one year anniversary for me. Last December, I was trying to watch all the Christmas horror movies I could, and there were way more than I even ever realized. So, uh, but this was one that I hadn't seen. And my take on this movie is that it's a toxic masculinity Christmas. The whole (laughs) entire thing is like, you know, you start off, you think like, oh, it's going to be a typical home invasion uh, thriller type thing. And I think it's somewhat scary. I think it's suspenseful, at least, for mm-hmm. m- most of the movie. The whole movie, to me, is suspenseful. Um, the first half, I think, is a little bit scary. But you know, you're not really ready for like how toxic the this movie actually is. To me, I wasn't ready for it until the until it was over, and I was like, "Geez." Um, the 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 child being uh, sat in question. Uh, as we discussed, he wants to. He's in love with his babysitter, and at first it seems like kind of cute. Like, oh, you know, 
he's in love with a babysitter. Oh, I wouldn't know anything about that. Um, <laughs> and it, 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 it gives you like a sort of a little window into the delusional male mind because on the surface, the idea is so ridiculous that, you know, that he thinks that the babysitter yeah. might be interested in him. Obviously, it's laughable. But to him, you know, it's like, eh, maybe he has a chance. And any little thing that she does, he takes as a sign that, ah, he's getting somewhere. You know, uh, <laughs> she's fighting with her boyfriend and he's like, ah, oh, boy, you know, see, she's falling out with the boyfriend. This is my chance. Um, you know, she like grabs his hand during the scary movie. So to me, that's very typical delusional male thinking that, um, you know, taking all these things as cues when in reality, it's the most absurd thing imaginable. Yeah, he uh, definitely took being friend zoned to a different level. Isn't being friend zoned a, a uh, toxic concept? To begin with, oh, it sure is. But yeah. that's I'm adding to the. I make I'm continuously adding. That would be to in his jo- in 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 the world of this like delusional toxic male world. Right, he's he's being friend zoned. He's trying to get out of it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely noticed. Um, I think they were trying to make a play on like normal hormones versus like sociopathic tendencies. <laughs> Because you you have like the 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 horny boyfriend Ricky, you know, having these normal teenage things, uh, and then you have Luke coming in like a twelve year old uh, guy from American Psycho. Oh. Like I got super American Psycho Christian Bale vibes out Absolutely. of this kid's performance, and whether he did it himself or he was directed to, somebody sat him in front of that movie and said, watch Christian Bale for the next 12 hours straight, and then I'll meet you on set in the morning. (laughs) I do have to ding them for a few things, however. Uh, I love the Home Alone deal. That was great. Um, I believe that that they were debating it at the beginning of the movie, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And then Luke goes ahead and does it. Mm -hmm. However, having just watched Scanners and talked about it, they do call out a major head explosion and they don't show it. True. So minus points there. Yeah, I was waiting for that reveal, that slow pan over, and it never happened. Did I really want to see it? In my heart, it, my my heart wanted to, but my brain probably didn't want to see it. There's also a horror trope that that is overdone in this movie, and that is how many times can one escape from captivity only to end up back in captivity? I kind of thought the uh, head explosion scene, uh, to me, I, I think of it as the ketchup and mustard scene. Because you don't see the head explosion, but you do see, obviously, a bunch of ketchup and mustard running down the leg. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought that could have been could have had a little more to offer there. Um, Maeve, why don't you give us a few more cliches as we go along here, as we tell the story. Are there any babysitting cliches that jump out to you? Or what did, what did you have? Well, like... The having your crush on your babysitter cliche is obviously there. And then, mm-hmm. like, right at the beginning when we meet the dad, it's, like, the dad who just seems a little too interested in, like, the main female character's personal life. So, oh, like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a definitely a weird part when he was like, oh, you look great. When she, like, yeah. comes in, I was like, yeah, oh, there Patrick, was some, what are yeah, you doing? Did anybody get a kick out of the uh, joint smoke coming out of a hole in someone's face? I hadn't seen that before. 
That was a new one. Yeah. Um, so what happens here is that this sort of what seems like an almost um, a, a romantic foible Christmas Home Alone comedy uh, turns into pretty quickly turns into a home invasion and uh, things spiral quickly out of control after that. I did like when um, the champagne was popped. I thought that was really funny. Like the kid thinks that him and the babysitter, they're going to drink some champagne maybe, you know, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I also like the, uh, the, the oxy angle. The fact that uh, his buddy Garrett's just like popping oxies and, I thought it was, uh, you know, an interesting view into, like, the suburban opioids epidemic. Yeah, I don't know. These kids were, I guess, way cooler than I was because at their age, I was just, like, playing my – I was, like, alone in my room, like, playing my Game Boy. I wasn't popping champagne or taking oxys or anything, so mm. I don't really know. Not a traditional Christmas message horror movie. Usually with these movies, you get the traditional stuff, like – uh, you should have been more thankful about Christmas and you should have been nicer to people. You should have uh, not taken your family and friends for granted. This uh, does none of that whatsoever. This is kind of mean, in my opinion, for a, for a Christmas movie. Yeah, I didn't feel any Christmas magic at no, all during no. this movie. <laughs> not what, you know, not what I want in my, uh, my Christmas magic movies for sure, but. Am I wrong in, in like, you know, when I saw this movie, I had never heard of it. I think maybe I'd stumbled across a trailer pr- probably around Christmas time looking like looking up Christmas horror movies or something a few years ago. Am I wrong after like seeing this movie that I'm shocked it didn't get a wider release? I'm shocked that it it wasn't better publicized and and didn't have, you know, any any legs at mm-hmm. all commercially. Yeah, I feel like it was a it had like a definite like very funny games vibe to it with that with that main mm. character. So I feel like it would have done well with all the weirder horror fans that I feel like it's a little ugly for wide uh Maeve, you have our tastes. You you like the dark <laughs> uh the dark stuff apparently because I feel like this one is was would never become any kind of like, hey everybody watch that uh, <laughs> watch around. that off. Yeah, gather yeah, it's, it's not really <laughs> That's a, there's a little bit more of that in the next movie that we were going to talk about uh, called Krampus mm. from 2015, which I also had not seen until last year. It seems like it's been around for longer than that. I thought Krampus was like at least 10 years old. Um, stars uh, Adam Scott and Tony Collette, which I had no idea. This is directed by Michael Doherty. Maeve, had you seen uh, Krampus before, I assume? No, I hadn't. I just I just watched it with my mom's boyfriend, so it was a very like interesting experience. 
Oh, <laughs> just for, to, for, nice. for this for this week's show? Yeah. Ooh, oh wow. wow! Yeah, you're truly an honorary cast member. <laughs> I would love. I want to hear. I want to hear what you thought of Krampus. I thought it was like a solid movie. I, like I wouldn't say I ne- like. It's not. It's like not necessarily going to go on one of those movies I'd rewatch. But I enjoyed it. Like in the moment, I found that some parts of the movie were just a little too chaotic to like know what was happening. That you were like, mm-hmm. oh wait, there's another. Like what? It, like I just didn't know what was happening at some parts. But this movie wasn't. As cliche as most movies, there's a couple thrown in there. Give us your cliches on this one. There's really no, there's no spoiler in this. It's about Krampus, the folklore mm-hmm. yeah. legend, and um, it's kind of self-explanatory. So I'd be interested in what what cliches you picked up in this one. Um, the one cliche that, like, the main one is like the chaotic family that ends up like being brought together through a traumatic experience. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> big yep. one. And then, like, the dad and son heart to heart, like, right before, like, one of them's, like, one of them's gonna, um, die. Like, during, (laughs) there's so many cliches that only come up when there's a traumatic event happening. And then, the, like, the, like, the parents just, like, give up and just die in front of their kids, which I just Mm. find to be, like, uh, okay, like, (laughs) and then, then trying to talk to, like, the villain or the killer to, like, to, like, um, to like get them out of what they're doing, I was like, "You're really trying to talk to Krampus right now to like kind of like, oh, just like sure, take like sure. give my family like have mercy on you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Christmas. Yeah. It's fine. Take them. <laughs> yeah, this to me is a much more traditional Christmas type message that you know, like I was just talking about, and I loved this one. Um, I'm a big fan of Krampus. I enjoyed it just as much. This time, but definitely, I would say this is the more cliche-ridden of the two by far. This is like, um, it's like National Lampoon's Christmas, except with <laughs> with a Krampus. That's what this is. Yeah. Which I love. Kat, had you seen this yeah. one before? I have. I love this movie, you guys. Mm. I didn't. I was trying to keep it under wraps, but this is like, <laughs> this is the spooky Christmas magic that I'm talking about. Like, you know, there's the Krampus. It's such a terrifying entity just from, like, history. And I think they do a really great job of portraying, of depicting it. Uh, the You know, the mask is a little funny. But, you know, like the, I guess, CGI of him, like, you know, jumping from building to building and with the sack. It's very spooky. I would be terrified if he showed up. Um, it's campy enough to be, like, a fun Christmas time watch with those not as enthused about horror right. as maybe right. we would be. Yep. Um, so I could kind of put it on and be like, gather around everyone. It's cramp this time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and all the little Christmas creatures are probably the scariest part. Any toy that comes to life, I'm immediately terrified of. Like any Chucky situation, I'm looking away from the screen kind of a situation. Um, and then the end is, you know, it's the Christmas magic, family is important, kind of, uh, wraps it up. So I just, I just really love this movie. I was excited that someone besides me picked it so we could, so we could revel in it. And, uh, and that's what I have to say about that. Wow. So I, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm a little surprised here because I threw Krampus in here because I was expecting to get eviscerated. Because really? 
Yes, I love I, I'm actually surprised. <laughs> I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. So I, I watch Krampus every year, and I'm glad that you said Krampus, Trent, because you know Dave's always making fun of me for like mispronouncing words. I I probably would have been like, it's Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> And and, and 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 to like back Dave up, like we were we were hanging out recently and talking about all the words I pr- I pronounce wrong on the show, mm. and he was like, "Well, but the thing is, is you give them like too much respect. You make them fit. Fa- you're like Matthew Lillard. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah, <laughs> you're finding ways to pretty. No, I was, up the, words. I think that was me. I was the Lillard, and then you guys. I think oh, all oh, you guys I, I, be like, I've always said Matthew Lillard. Lillard. Yeah, no, I thought it was Lillard. It's Lillard. Lillard. It's Lillard. Well, and and so in in Maeve's instance here, uh, Maeve Yanis, she had sent me a file um, and pronounced her name. And so just to back up Dave's theory of my brain pronouncing words, if she hadn't done that, I would have probably said, and now I'd like to introduce our guest, Maeve Yanis. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I put put this movie in here because I thought I was going to get eviscerated. And we'd have a chance to talk about how close Krampus is to an absolute classic and how it just misses the mark. I do watch it every year, and I think it's because I'm just hoping that it's that one watch where I'm like, yes, they nailed it. They didn't nail it, guys. Uh, it should have no. been rated R. No. Okay? okay. This is, uh, right. this well, is for Michael Daugherty who all. brought us... <laughs> no. Michael Daugherty brought us the, one of the greatest anthologies ever in Trick or Treat. Probably my favorite Halloween anthology. And then he comes to us with this. Here's the problem with Hollywood. They wouldn't greenlight this movie and its $15 million budget unless he guaranteed it was PG-13. God damn it. (laughs) I think it was fine. I love it. As a PG-13. Would I have loved it more as an R rating? Absolutely. But for what they did, for working with it because i'm the same way i see a pg-13 i'm like is it gonna be i don't know but it was still spooky it still had the oh omi let's talk about omi she was the the badass of this whole situation she was the og uh krampus uh fighter not fighter survivor survivor yes you mean, are you talking about Krista Stadler, who for the last four years that I've been watching this movie, I thought was Sissy Spacek? <laughs> Literally yes, every time. Well, so, so here's one of the reasons that my expectations were so high for this movie and why I don't quite think it gets a pass. Michael Dottie's directing it. Adam Scott, Tony Collette, David Kushner. You have Weta doing the effects. Peter Jackson's homies that did like all the Lord of the, 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 the Rings stuff. Um, you have an unbelievable cast and... Until this week, I thought Sissy Spacek, too. (laughs) Um, You have an unbelievable cast. You have a budget. You have a a real studio. I think they could have done better. And I think Maeve hit it on the head for one of the problems I have with this. And it's one of the things you just said you liked, Kat. Some of those scenes that could be kind of creepy, the chaos actually makes them more distracting. So I think they could have done a lot more out in the blizzard. And instead, it was just like overkill on the snow mm-hmm. some of the sure. some of the monster scenes it was just like okay can you slow the camera down for a minute and let me be scared by something instead mm-hmm. of feeling like you know i have vertigo <laughs> and I'm, I'm saying all this and i i still like the movie and watch it every year <laughs> Maeve, did you think it was a little too tame with the pg-13 for you 
I I didn't realize it was PG thirteen when going into it, and I didn't really know what I was expecting. But I they probably could like it probably would have been better if they like amped up like the gore and stuff a little bit better mm-hmm. because like I just felt that I was also kind of like I like after the big like after like the big chaotic scenes I was like like no one's like really hurt like it's just kind of like you just fought <laughs> a toy like how are you not just a little bit hurt so I think like the PG-13 rating did make it a little bit like not as like fun and like um as horror as like I would like like to watch it I guess I was just, you know, I was going into it, and that's what I was thinking the first time. I wasn't really thinking much of it. I was just watching it because I was trying to just see as many Christmas horror movies as I could. And I thought, like, eh, Krampus, uh, was this some kind of, like, Home Alone deal? This kind of, I, that's kind of more what I expected. Uh, I and mean, I guess you could make those parallels again. But as soon as the Krampus, which is, shows up, the Krampus shows up pretty quickly. Um, the mm-hmm. storm rolls in, so you have you have this family. They're getting ready for Christmas, and of course, they have the giant trailer of in-laws who show up again. Very National Lampoon stuff. These are yeah. um, the the main characters who are hosting Christmas are more affluent. You get the feeling that they're probably suburban of a major metropolitan area of some kind. They've got money, and they have certain things that ways that they want to do Christmas. And then this is the classic. This is a cliche to me, Maeve. The the uh, the bum country, um, sort of less refined in-laws and family members show up. So, oh boy, here we go. If this movie had been made only like a year later, there would have been some MAGA gear going on. Like there's or, there's like a conflict. It's you know it's a very uh, core principle uh, conflict between the two sets of families. There's the suburbanite upper um, crust people. And there's the uh, the magus, really, and uh, and they roll in, and I loved how almost immediately, as soon as they're they're starting to sort of fight, and they're like, oh my goodness, they brought the ant and all this stuff, uh, they brought the dog, they got four kids, they got a baby, they got all kinds of stuff going on. Everybody's irritated, and as soon as that happens, <laughs> I, I liked the idea that like the the storm rolls in, the literal storm. So when the family is storming, then all of a sudden this crazy storm rolls in, knocks out all the power, and um, from there, like, the Krampus shows up so fast, and I loved the look of the Krampus. I was like, oh, man, this is, like, this is scary. Like, this is really cool. And from there, I don't know, I thought that um, a lot of the the practical effects were awesome. I thought there's a clown in this that's scarier than Pennywise because Uh it's like... You know, it's not just like a computer on Bill Sarsgaard or something. Um, I, I loved the <laughs> hey. comedy in this. I loved the two twins of the the um, sort of bumpkin family. That there's two little girls. They're twins, and the gag is that their dad just like treats them like he wants them to be playing football or whatever. And so there's like that tension going on. Well, aren't their names like Steve and like? <laughs> <laughs> he named them boys' names. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And dresses them like boys. Mm-hmm. I very much related to that because my dad didn't get any boys, and I was the last one. And my ultrasound tricked everyone into thinking I was a boy. <laughs> and then I popped out. Oh no! No, no boy really? stuff. So. Wow. Oh yeah. So I've had that hanging over my head. Yeah, I was a tomboy my whole life because I, oh, of I knew that. that. I, maybe. Yeah. What? I knew that. We've talked about it. <laughs> what was that? Oh, cool. We've cool, talked cool, about it cool. on the show. Oh, great. 
Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought this was just like a really good example of how you don't have to hang out with your family if you don't like them. Mm. So we should, uh, we should stop doing that. This, this family would have welcomed a pandemic. Maeve, have you ever had a situation like that where you've got a, a set of family members that show up for a holiday and they're like kind of ruining it for you? Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> 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 oh yeah. Yeah, she's like, I'm not gonna put that on like public access. <laughs> yeah, sure. we can hear it. If we have a lot less to lose than you, so we talk about. Yeah. I understand <laughs> you might not want to be as free about it, but those people can't yeah. hurt us anymore. It doesn't matter what they think of us, so we get a little yeah. a little loose with it. Yeah, I've blocked them on Facebook by now, so they can't touch me. It's fine. But I would ask more specifically, Maeve, have you ever had a cousin that um, uh, at Christmas dinner drank from a two liter? of Mountain Dew right on the right on the table. You ever see that before? Um, I haven't they haven't drank from the two liter, but like they drank the two liter themselves. Like they were mm. they were pouring it into a cup, yeah. but like So it's a little classier. A little bit classier. Classy enough to use yes. like the solo cup. Mm. Good for them. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But it can be kind of a culture clash sometimes at these holiday gatherings is my point. Mm-hmm. I just love, I love, uh, I remember, you know, when I was younger and I have a huge family. My mother is one of 11. So you can imagine oh. how some of our holiday get togethers were. And I had, you know, my grandmother had these cupboards just full of cups because there was always so many people at her house. And one of them was mine. One. Didn't have my name on it or anything, but it was my goddamn cup. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I just remembered that every single holiday I would show up. And somebody would have my cup. There could be two people at this goddamn house, and the second person still would have taken my cup. And I literally spent my entire youth being so pissed that someone else was drinking out of my cup. It's ridiculous. How, why would they do that? It's crazy. Probably, probably finishing off a two-liter of Mountain Dew. <laughs> the audacity. <laughs> no, I mean, this, and this movie was successful. This movie made $62 million at the box office. So nice. it made its money back. It was good. Um, I just, again, you know, you even have little things like the gingerbread men. That's Seth Green doing the voices of the gingerbread <laughs> no, men. No, like, it is not. How many not. cool people can be involved in this movie? And it's not like an absolute instant classic. You never ask anyone yes, about is. what's your classic Christmas movie, and no one ever says Krampus. Yes, they, they do. Have you ever asked me? Yeah, I say it to my family, which and is, everyone's which, like, well, which is why, why are I'm you shocked. here? Which is why I'm shocked. I honestly expected to be in a very different kind of fight right now. <laughs> so you're just trying to fight whatever you can. You like came I out came into this blazing. with a certain mindset. I need it to fit the narrative. It's just like oh, Christmas, isn't like, it? I Maeve? loved it. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, one of the things I liked was the constant references to the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Uh, I'm a I'm an older dog, so I grew up with the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Maeve, did that ring any bells for you, or did you? No, that's not even a thing, is it? No. Not at all. Okay. So that's like an inaccuracy that? in the movie. It's not even accurate. Uh, someone of that age in 2015, they don't know what that is. Is that right? Well, HBO just took it, so no one's going to see it for free anymore. Do you have an equivalent, mate? Like, what would your equivalent be of, like, the classic, like, Christmas cartoon thing, not a horror thing, but something like for me and for... Um, the child of the movie is is Charlie Brown. Is there something like that for you, or you just watch like horror movies all the time? Probably like How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Like if they were making oh, references yeah. to that, like yes. I'd probably pick up on those. 
Right. Mm-hmm. right. But we're talking we're talking like old school cartoon, not Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah, the cartoon. Okay. All right, I good. Mean, I was pretty much gonna, just going to turn around and jump out my window if you said Jim Carrey. <laughs> I think the Grinch um, has has outlasted Charlie Brown and because the Grinch oh, has, has got to be, you know, the Grinch is very old too. Well, they're doing like a, a brand new one, aren't they? Like some kind of live performance oh, yeah. um, with like the the dude from Glee, like yeah. the teacher from Glee mm-hmm. is playing the Grinch. Mm-hmm. Seems like oh. they're always doing new are you excited yeah, for that, I'm, Maeve? Yeah, I love Glee. I'm also a Gleek, so. <laughs> oh yeah. You're a, excuse me. You're a Gleek. My wife and daughter just finished watching uh, all of Glee together, so you can imagine how many musical, <laughs> musical moments <laughs> are happening in my home. Yeah. Well, my last thing that I really appreciated on this one—I I mean, I appreciate all of it—but the opening scene is the classic brawl at the mall, where. Everybody gets yes. there's a massive fight battle royal at the mall, and I mean it doesn't get more Christmas than that. And this, in this to me, like, this is the more classic tale that's not too far from like a Christmas Carol or It's a Wonderful Life or like all the cliche Christmas stuff. That's what this movie does. But I forgive it, and I and I and I really like I believe that anyway. So you know. Yeah. It's it's funny when you watch the the cliche classic like depiction of um you know middle or middle class American families at the mall during Christmas time, and there's always like the cringy sitting on Santa's lap scene, which this movie doesn't really have. But I will say this, Trent, your pick for next week has the single most cringy Santa's lap scene of any movie of all time, and I dare anyone to find a better one. Boom. Can't wait. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Um, well, I had an un- unrelated uh, Christmas question for me, but I was just wondering what your favorite horror movie of all time was. Uh, oh, this is hard. I ha- I actually wrote down one of my favorite ones so I would be able to, like, say it. But yeah, mine is probably Halloween. Like, the original. Wow. Like, yes. I love Michael Myers. He's my favorite. I have like a action figure. I just got an ornament as an early Christmas present for him. He's on my shirt, so he's just wow. my favorite. He's still my heart, Maeve. Oh my goodness, I love it. I don't know if you know, Maeve. That's Cat's favorite too. Yeah, that was my that was my introduction to horror situation. So Mine I feel too. like we're the Holy Grail, uh, kindred spirits. Yes. <laughs> Well, yeah. What? Tell me about your first time watching it. Um, it was so like when I was thirteen. My dad was introducing me to paranormal horror, and then my mom's boyfriend was introducing me to like slasher horror. So that was like my first real experience, mm-hmm. and I was like, mm-hmm. I was like nervous because I had never watched like a real horror movie before, and I loved it. I like, <laughs> I just I make jokes to like overcome the fear of it. Like I'm the one who screams at the TV and is like, "Don't go in there." And I loved it. I was enjoying every minute of it, and I watch it like five times a year now. So, <sighs> maybe I love you so much. I'm so happy. <laughs> Kat's gonna leave our show, and she's gonna go on your show instead. I think. I guess. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like that's the place for me at this point, right, guys? We've had our good. We had a good run. We had a good run. I think. You yeah. Know, there's yeah. been a parting of interests. That's all. Mm. Not per- not personal. Yeah. We didn't even talk about. The Max, the kid that started all this, all this nonsense. Mm. 
And I thought that Max was great. I thought he, I did think in Maeve, maybe you can back me up. I did think he was a very cliche character. Yeah, definitely. He was like that little boy who is just like, nobody really likes him and his family and he's just kind of there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he's such a good like Grammy's boy. He's such a good Ami's boy. Yeah. He was played by an actor named MJ Anthony. And when I was reading up on the movie, everybody on set said that this little boy who acts so sweet and so innocent in the movie was an absolute ladies man on set. So he sounds like he could be like a real life Luke. Oh, like, no. Didn't, didn't matter how old you were. They said that this kid was macking on everybody. Uh, and then the cameras would roll and he'd be like, oh, Ami, let me speak some <laughs> German to you. I, I do have a couple, like, just fun, stupid things that I found out about this movie. Let's hear it. Uh, one, of them, one of them being that all the snow on the ground, and think about how much snow was in some of these scenes, it was all the stuffing from diapers. Wow. Fresh, so, um, fresh I, I, diapers? So when like, I read it, I... Well, so when I read it, I pictured like a hundred people ripping apart diapers <laughs> and then i had a moment of you know intelligence and said no they probably went to the diaper stuffing place and said hey can we get a bunch of that before you put it in the diapers okay but when i first yes. read it it's like man that's dedication what a pain in the ass what that must pa be had all those to diapers tear up. open those diapers yeah. <laughs> um i love the i love the music in this movie it, it borders on some of the films that we criticize, like Jaws, with some of the fantastical-type music, but I love the, the, the soundtrack to this movie. It was done by Douglas Pipes, who also did Doherty's movie Trick or Treat, but he did one of my favorite animated kind of scary movies of all time, Monster House, which is a fantastic <sighs> animated uh, horror movie, and, and definitely, uh, well, I don't want to say appropriate, but definitely kid-watchable. Kid Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm familiar with Monster House. That's it's an animated. Oh, House? you'd love it. Never heard of it. It's animated. Uh, Robert Zemeckis, it. I think, was the uh, the helm behind that one. And he's who's he? He did like Back to the Future and. Oh, okay, gotcha. It's kind like of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a big deal. Never heard of him. Maeve, do you want to give like one last one last plug for you know why you're here and and what you're up to out in the horror world? Okay. Okay. Um, I I really enjoy. I, this is like the funnest thing I've ever done. I've been waiting oh, for this for like. <laughs> this is I've been waiting for this for like weeks. I've been counting oh, down the days on. on my calendar. So, um, yeah. So like, just um, check out the cliche killer. www.theclichekiller.com. Um, I'm actually writing a screenplay right now for my first horror movie so um um i actually have a business i'm just gonna plug that because i'm raising money through my business to like fund my movie i make like disney ears like the ones people wear like the mickey mouse ears that people wear in disney um i make like floral wire ones cork board ones and then ones out of pool noodles so, um, if, if you're ever interested in any Dis- Disney ears, you can go to Instagram at Inspired by Maeve, or you can contact me directly at Inspired by Maeve at gmail.com. So, to order. So. Can you, without, without giving away too much, so that uh, 
you know, some of our millions of listeners uh, don't steal your idea. What's, the, what's your screenplay? A little bit about your screenplay. Uh, it's about, um, uh, it's like the cliche, I'm like trying to make it cliche, but then go against all the cliches. So it's a cliche group of teens are going on vacation in like a log cabin in the woods. And um, actually the main character's grandma was at this cabin when they were teenagers. So a bunch of secrets are revealed, a bunch of chaos occurs, and like it's the cliche kids getting picked off one by one by the killer. So Wow, love it. Love it. Nice. Yeah. When, how long have you been working on that? Um, I only started writing about three like three months ago and I'm about like a little bit almost halfway through the script so wow nice I started writing one two years ago and I'm not even close to halfway through the script so. <laughs> this, this is what I do when I'm bored in class I'm just if I'm bored in class I'm just oh. writing <laughs> oh, don't neglect your studies now <laughs> <laughs> studies are important <laughs> um, well well uh, Maeve Maeve found us through, uh, was it Raina Rose? Yeah, Raina, Raina Rose Exelbeard. Maeve, thank you so much for braving this. You did such a great job and, and really good job like working in the cliche angle. That was, that was awesome. Uh, super, super fun to have you on the show and super fun to, uh, to get you t- to know you a little bit. Thank you very much, Maeve. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much. Thank you you so much. Keep in touch with us. You can always message us on our various platforms or Instagrams and and whatever you want to do. Absolutely. Be nice to hear from you. I'd love to hear how your screenplay goes and how your podcast goes, too. Hopefully, you don't take too many of our listeners after this. Yeah, (laughs) maybe we can be guests at one point. Oh, right. Raina wanted me to tell you that. I almost forgot. Like, Like, she was like, it would be awesome if that, like, they were your first guests because this is my first podcast I've ever been on. So oh, nice. it'd be, uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I would 100%. totally do it. Okay. Yeah. Keep us posted. <laughs> okay, I will. 